continue. Uh, welcome to Doing It My Way, a uh, podcast celebrating entrepreneurs. Tonight, uh, we're uh, lucky enough to be joined by uh, Sumter Pendergrass. Sumter, welcome. Thank you Sumter. so much. Thanks, this is an honor. Thanks for coming. Thanks yeah, for coming, man. man. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Sumter is the uh, founder or co-founder? Yeah, I would say founder. I, okay. You know, there are two of us now that own it. Okay, Sumter um, of, of uh, Sidecar Donuts. Uh, Sumter, we, we were organic. Where were you born? Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Southern boy. Southern boy, uh, deep roots in the south. Uh, my great-great-grandfather was the president of Georgia Tech on my mom's side. We, I don't know how far it goes back, but it's pretty deep. I think the name actually comes from Fort Sumter in South Carolina. Wow. We had somebody fight in the battle, although the fort was a Union fort, matter of fact. Typical, uh, uh, typical uh, guy from the South talk about the war like it was yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Uh, 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 not the Korean War, by the way. You're right. <laughs> what Vietnam. Did, what, was it, what was it like growing up in, in Georgia? Man, I was pretty idyllic. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, loved, I loved the South while I was there. It's, uh, Were you downtown Atlanta? Like in Atlanta? Yeah. Proper? No, well, downtown is, you know, when I was there was not a place you really wanted to be. Uh, I was in a t- town called Buckhead. Yeah, my, my best buddy lives there. Yeah. Or just moved from there, but he's been there He's been there for 20-plus years. Yeah, I grew up in Buckhead, which yeah, is kind super of like nice. the... It's, yeah, it's... It, the Newport Beach. Kind of the is it, isn't it like minimum, minimum four-acre zoning? Uh, th- that's the biggest change I had coming out here. You yeah. know, you came out, there's trees everywhere. Yeah, everyone's got a carriage trees. house and yeah. this and that. Yeah. Giant, and I came to... Um, Central Coast, and I'm like, geez, I mean, everybody's got a little. You hear your neighbor sneeze. Yes, exactly. A um, fourth of an acre is something to be. That's big. Desired. Where where did you, where did you go to uh, elementary school? A small like public school called uh, Morris Brandon, which actually was up the street from me. And then uh, in fourth fifth grade, I went to a private school called Woodward Academy, which was a, before that was Georgia Military Academy. So it was a boarding school, military school. Mm-hmm. Um, in town, like close? It was actually uh, 20 minutes away out by the airport in College Park, Georgia. Uh, yeah, it was, I I, I loved it. You mm-hmm. know, we wore a uniform, I took the bus. Structure, structure, structure. Massive structure, you know, I had to wear your hair up. Short. Short. Couldn't wear an earring. Dude, I, in my senior year, I played football, and I was like, fuck this, man. I'm, I'm growing my hair out. So I grew my hair out, I, but I got a wig. <laughs> a and short a short hair a wig? short wig and somehow i passed it for like a week and then i at the football practice it had like these little things that kind of tucked into your real hair and uh i took my helmet off it came off with it oh, and shit. the line the line the, the offensive line coach was like the dean and he's like what the you know he got all fucking pissed and <laughs> the next day he took me and shaved my head oh shit so and those are the days where like our vice principal could Paddle you with a big wood paddle, or get yeah. yell at you. They were not afraid of that type stuff. Yeah, we, no, we were we no. were yeah disciplining. Uh, so, your elementary <laughs> school, what would your folks do? My uh, dad was a developer, kind of. He built house spec homes, and then they, my parents got divorced when I was one, and I'm, okay. I'm still I was close to both of them. I spent most of my time with my mom. My mom was a decorator, uh, okay, amazing designer decorator. Uh, and then my stepdad, who's been a part of my, f- part of my life since I was eight, who is, um, uh, 
he was in the cable business uh, and sold when I was probably 11 to uh, Time Warner. And then he became a hedge fund guy. And so I had my dad who, you know, built spec homes. And then I had my other dad who was kind of in the hedge fund business more. He was actually from New York, went to Columbia and kind of was from the Northeast. So I got a good Northeast, Northeastern from my, with those Southern. (laughs) You got raised with a little New York FU. Yeah. Like that kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, then my mom was a, a kind of a true artist, decorator. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was a good mix. In like, good soup. What, yeah. what, did, what did you do in elementary school? Did you get a job? I, you or know, no, I sports? know. Like, a sports. Job? A I was, job? I was a 100% sports. So uh, as my youngest calls them, he's, he is now one, but he calls them sweaty jocks. Yeah, so, whatever that is, I'm, I'm probably, yeah, probably so that. You were 100% into sports. What sports you play? Uh, football, baseball, basketball. Okay, you know, three we, big. The three big ones. Junior high and high school. Yes, yep. and wanted to play in college, but then that turned into surfing. So, no, I <laughs> just loved uh, loved sports. Michael Jordan, right? I mean, when I was kind of in my develop those development years of like ten to eighteen, Michael Jordan was at the all time high of his, you know, fame. Yeah, he was. He so got like a role model eight, eight, because you're I think four. I watched "Come Fly with Me," which is his little thing about his story. I met once a week. Yeah, you know, oh, I just wow, sit wow. there and watch that damn thing. Okay. Then I go outside and play basketball for hours on end. I bought those little shoes. You remember those shoes that had, were like for your jumping? This, yeah. Costanza yeah. <laughs> had a pair. Yeah, and you'd, you'd run around in them like yeah, to get your calves Jim big Jack. or something. Oh yeah, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, um, but after you watch that movie, you played better. Yeah, I mean, at least you felt like yeah. it. <laughs> and were you a good student, get good grades? Not really, no. no. You know, being, I, I think I had what they, I had a learning disability called, I, like I had trouble um, like sounding out words. Mm-hmm. And so the school had kind of this program off to the side, which yep. were like the 10 rejects, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you guys go over in this class and we were, um, like, in, we, were the, we were like like we were called something in my you know? junior high it was room 106 yeah so uh, there my, were 106ers in, yeah. in my junior high it was detention right? <laughs> i got a lot of that a lot too, of detention <laughs> and it wasn't for bad stuff i didn't talk back to the teacher but i it was i being, couldn't wear my uniform i never cut my hair i was like eh, you know this doesn't right, yeah. right. but I, I i i'm always bummed when those kids were termed uh, like a learning disability because now we call all those kids ceos yes yeah, yeah. Or and, successful and, entrepreneurs and, yeah just don't and, fit, fit in the box in the in the, in the 60s 70s 80s they weren't medicated they were just maybe channeled or or corralled a little bit mm-hmm. but the kid in the corner couldn't sit still and stuff and now you report to him at Cupertino. Yeah, no, that we had a bunch of creative people, and they were actually very smart. But they they loaded them with Ritalin. Yeah, I mean, oh, and, and that didn't, you know. Yeah, the Ritalin didn't help. I, <clears> I, <throat> I never got the privilege of getting prescribed Ritalin. Yeah, that's not. Well, you're not supposed to chop it up and snort it, Chris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so high school, you get to high school. What what, what happens there? Anything? Yeah, no, I mean, I. I Really a continuation of sports. Did you and have brothers and sisters? I did have a sister. You know, Craig, who was my stepdad, um, brought two, uh, well, I have a sister and a brother. My brother uh, m- went to boarding school the first year we kind of became Got together. a family. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, to Deerfield up in, you know, northern 
up north. And then my sister and I basically raised together. She's a year and a half older. She went to another high school uh, in Atlanta. and uh, But basically high school was, yeah, a continuation of just playing sports, being very interested. Got it. And no, Fun and memories? Sports. Like loved when it. you think of high school? Loved, loved it. Loved it. Yeah, that's great. And that's it was all, all boys school. No, there was girls. Oh, oh. So it, it converted after being a military academy. It became Woodward Academy. Okay. And they, you know, they, convert, they kept the they boarding convert to system. stay in business, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, they allowed girls. Oh, nice! Thank God. Yeah. Thank and guys, and um, high school still okay grades or bad grades? Yeah, I mean, you passed. When I needed to buckle up, I kind of like, all right, somebody you need to get into school, mm-hmm. go to college. It's like buckle down, get it done. But, you know, I got to college. I felt like it's, I don't think it's the high school's fault, but I remember just like being like, I don't know anything. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how to write a paper. (laughs) What the fuck am I going to (laughs) do? Where where did you go to college? Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Oh, Oh, you came out here. Yeah. What, what got you out here? Uh, I was just telling somebody this. I, so I think I was in a a junior, uh, it was summer and my friends and I are, I don't know what we're doing. We're upstairs and we had a pay-per-view television and we had, I bought, I didn't know what it was it's called Endless Summer 2. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wingnut. Wingnut. I was like, holy yeah. fuck. That's what I want to do. Yes. <laughs> I want to live my life like that. I just want to travel around and surf because I love the beach. We grew up going to the beach. I love that feel that it just has that, just this freedom mm. and that feel of just being able to surf and travel the world and live like pure freedom. Right. And so I was like, that's what I want to do. And immediately I grew, I started wanting to grow my hair. You know, I just become California. Spicoli. Exactly. So you, so at junior in high school, you knew you were coming to. Yeah. So that's why I started looking. The lure lure of California. Ah, come on. Right. It's so powerful because here you are in the South where there's nothing stronger than the Southern collegiate atmosphere. Oh my God. All those schools and, 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 you have to go where your parents went or, you know, and you're just drawn to the freaking West Coast, like yes. like all of us. But you're like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, the South, it's a good description. I mean, you think about family values. It's just these deep roots. And where you, you're, you you're, have to go there. Yeah, everybody right. does what their parents did. And it's kind of like you are who your family name is. There's, you know, come the West is just... There's a little of that, but nothing like the South. Yeah. You know, it's just so, so deep. So right picking SLO, were you like, were, were they saying, what what are you talking about or what what's wrong with you? Surprisingly, or? I've got to SLO and people are flying flags and running around in pickup trucks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, isn't that, ve- you know, it's a, it's a kind of an oaky. It's very oaky. Oh, yeah. Everybody's it's, from it's Fresno and Bakersville. Yep. <laughs> it's not Berkeley. It's not Berkeley. <laughs> we, we lived, when I was younger, we lived in Shell Beach. Yes. Uh, so we were, we would go to San Luis and it was it was very surfer and rednecky. Yes, and and it's either deadhead or if, if you're listening to country music, it's yeah. one or the other. It's weird. We, it's, we had it's long probably, hair. We listened to heavy metal, but <laughs> it's probably no longer Republican, but it was. Uh, I think a lot of people now. I just talked to a guy who lives in Grover Beach who moved from L.A. Right, yeah. and I think there's a big, huge chunk of people that have made money and i mean that place and is don't a, want to deal with it anymore is a nice little slice that if oh, you, you bust oh, out you got and live louise's there. diner downtown yeah. <laughs> you don't know how many times stoned oh, or yeah. fucking you go to louise's <laughs> yeah. place that, like. that place that place is awesome yeah we we spent a lot of time in san Luis. a lot of time in my mom worked in avila beach uh and yeah san Luis is cool this was in 
Apple is a great little town. I mean, yeah, we are very weird. Yeah, it's sleepy and everything you know, up there is a little funky. Yep, it is. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know the about Madonna now. Inn kind of the encapsulates Inn, the whole, yeah, fuck, what a, the whole thing. or the Avila Hot Springs. <laughs> yes. Right, <laughs> fuck that place is bizarre. Uh, Royal Grand, uh, <laughs> Royal Grande. Yeah, yeah, they do good Pinot right there. They do. Yeah, really. El Paso really all the way to the grapevine is like crazy. It's, yeah. it's changed it's so much up, since I was it's there. Blown up like nuts. Yeah. It's, so it's, when did you get to when did you get to Cal Poly? Ninety six. Ninety six. So leaving leaving your home, what was that a big change for the family or, or did, I? Were, I think was it was okay? not as much for me. You know, I think my mom was. She handled it well. They all handled it pretty well. Craig, being from the Northeast, a lot of people sent their kids to boarding schools. It wasn't yep. like a big deal. They're used deal. to you going yeah, away. It's like, he wasn't. And what was your declared it. major since you have to declare a major I, there? You know, the only way to get in was ag business. I was like dairy husbandry. Uh. <laughs> you know, doing shit like that. I quickly <laughs> dropped that, and and uh, I did not. I was not mature enough to go to college at the beginning. Like I, I just skipped every class. I'm like, Man. I want to learn to surf. Yep. That's all I care about. Uh b- before before you left, um did you ha- and when you were in high school or any time back home, did you have a job? Not really. I oh. I did. I mean, I had like in little jobs here and there, but nothing consistent. You know, I I played because my parents really loved to travel. Mm. Uh they always were exposing us to amazing places and we were fortunate enough to go around the world and they 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 wanted that for us. Yes. Which meant like Summer don't jobs were always a, interrupted. Some guys like, right? Oh, I can work for a week and then I'm going to be gone for four <laughs> weeks and then I can come back for either. Like, yeah, so it wasn't a, wasn't it, it wasn't uh, a priority, right? Not, you wasn't forced. What, what what was your very first car when you were 16 or Mustang? What year? A 1993 Mustang LX of which I made a saline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I charged up the credit card. Uh, and build, put like a wing on it, put the like wheels. roll cage, the yeah. wheels. It would have been cheaper to buy a saline. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, there was a place called Dugan Racing, and my best friend at the time was a joke. We used to, it was in Duluth. I mean, it was like two, an hour and a half away. I'd run it up there, and they had these little kits. So it was like, you know, starter kit was Flowmaster, you know, bore out the heads, you know, these little things. Right. Yeah, uh, then then wheels and sway bars. First shifter shocks. sway bars was like, you know, and you just kept going up the ladder. You, you know, got, before you know it, you're like 30 grand in. I was going to say, you got 40 grand. On an LX. You got 40 grand in a $10,000 car. Yes. And it makes sense. Oh, and it sounded so good. And it was it was fast as hell, that thing. Did, did you drive it out to the West Coast, or did you bring a car out here? No, so I got too many tickets. Mm. Oh, that's and so I got it taken away, and I bought a FJ. A 1977 cool. FJ40. Yeah, great. And I spent that. I spent another 25 grand doing that thing. Put a 350 in it, and was it rusted? It was in really good. The guy had it really good shape. I wish I wouldn't have fucked with it. I, you know, I got carried away. I took it to some dude like four wheel drive pars, and he's like, "Oh, this guy's oh, a fucking minutes. idiot. He'll he'll <laughs> he'll let me do whatever I want." <laughs> so they paint. They rhino lined it. They put a winch. They got all this stuff, and it never worked right. Like right, but I. They took it out. I took it out to Cal Poly. So you drove it out. And the roof fell off on the way. Awesome. So all I had was a Bimini top. And Did you know anybody out here? No, not a soul. Not a soul. Moving to the dorms? Moving to the dorms, my roommate was like a skinny. He was probably a size 28, 36. Yes. So all he, skinny, fuck. Yeah, he was with a cowboy hat. 
Oh, dude, awesome. Dude, from, awesome guy. He became California? a sheriff. Yeah, he was from Fresno. What did, what did he chew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know. He, he didn't eat any. He was ahead of his time. He Skulls, was carnivore. Right, he didn't, he didn't believe in eating any veggies or stuff. <laughs> well, because he's from Fresno. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's rabbit food. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just give me, like, uh, meat. And and so what was that like? What was that those four years of college like? They turned into eight, but the yep. first four. Oh, so you're a doctor? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, the first, uh, it was great. I, I loved Cal. I, I met some awesome friends. Yeah. To this day, which are my, some of my best friends. And just surf um, all, o- all over the, uh, California. Did you yeah. go up and down the coast? Exactly. Yes. Where yeah. was, where was the first, do you remember the first time you went surfing? Yeah. We went to, uh, Pismo beach. Yeah. On the pier. Yep. Yep. And then we moved to St. Anne's up the street oh, and, yeah. and all that. And that was my background or backyard. St. Anne's gag drag. Yep. We used to go out there and and listen to that. You know, you'd be out in the water. It's fucking fifty degrees out. The water's fifty degrees, and it's kelpy, yes. and it touches your leg, and you're like, "Oh fuck, dude!" So sharky, so sharky. Oh uh, gosh, I, and I didn't. I don't know when I got got there that the you know the water didn't bother me. I guess it's just being young. You know, you get a four three, and you're just you know. I was out there every day, twice wow. a day. What kind of surfboard do you have? A Becker. Becker, okay. The first one I had was a Becker. It's like I don't know what this is, but I got that. And then I got this guy Jerry Grantham. Oh, I know. Do you remember JG. Grantham? Yeah. yeah. He started shaping me boards like this big. So he dude was up. he was in his daughter. Man, this goes way back. I knew his daughter. I think her name was Harmony. <laughs> uh, when I was Sounds in like, like a surfer, yeah, fourth and fifth grade. Like really a small world, yeah. He was like a big Hawaiian looking guy, yep. like this big, f- and he lived, I forget, I think up in, um, where was he? I know he shaped in Pismo, right? Didn't he have a. He a, had boards in like. All in the stores. Moondoggies and all those. Yeah. Wow. But he might have lived up in uh, Montana de Oro area. Okay. Which was sand spit and all those are just. Yeah, it's, it's wild wow, as can be. Wow, it's like, wow. Is it like Pacific it, Beach or but something. But isn't, isn't it great, these little. Surfing stories that are 25 years old, you remember like that? Yeah, crazy, right? Or And it just hits you. You just yeah. remember, wow. Um, how was school? Yeah, I, you know, my first, like I said, my first two years, I was in um, what ag business, which was of no interest to me, mm-hmm. right? Got through enough, quit, and played music for two years. Yeah, sorry, did you play sports at college? No, I went to play basketball or football, Met the coach, was all set up, and then I, you know, I was like, nah, like, I'm a surfer I was like, now. I want to surf. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. sit here. So you're and like, do fuck that. This. And what were you playing music wise? I played uh, like folk, country folk type music. You know, acoustic. You guitar. play guitar? Yeah, acoustic yep. guitar, sing, and a little piano. Did you have a band? We had a band. You know, like every. You ever think of putting a band together again? Getting back. I on would the road? love to, but you know. <laughs> I kind of lost it when I got married, and my kids never loved me playing guitar. They were like, Daddy, get up. You know, <laughs> so then I got really rusty. Did, uh, did When uh, you were in school, hair long? How long did it get? Yeah, like middle of my back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you were you were one of those dudes. Good yeah. for you. And yeah. were I you- mean, my, like my last year of high school, I was a deadhead. You know, Jerry, I remember I was talking to telling somebody today how – Three people on the football team, whatever, August 9th or whatever, when Jerry died, like left, cried their eyes out and couldn't come <laughs> to practice. Like that was the sound. There was, 
It was widespread panic. It was Dave Matthews. Matthews. It was Dave Matthews. A little bit of fish. Well, fish, fish wasn't there. We're just starting, right? Yeah, because when Jerry died, everybody was kind of like, ah, you know, then what do we do? Yeah. And so fish kind of got big. But it was these jam bands, these experiences. I mean, yeah, the, the concerts panic. are just a you, massive experience. Did you see Jimmy Buffett out in, in no. Atlanta? Oh, man. I bet that's a hell oh, of a fuck. show. Yeah, so good. So yeah. much fun. So um, when you when you went home back to Buckhead with long hair and from California, what did all your friends and family say? Like my co- like in high school, they thought I was a fucking Martian. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> like they, it for was sure just you went so, down the wrong path. Yes, right? it was just so. Well, they called me Todd Marinovich. Todd, remember you, Todd Marinovich? Dude, I know him. Yeah, we hung out. No, who is it? Todd Marinovich was a was a, a quarterback. Still is. Well, he, he's he's around here, but a quarterback who's whose father at the time uh, was like super sort of strict and was pushing him to be what was called robo quarterback. And he, you know, there was rumors that he never ate a Big Mac, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then he went to USC, uh, played quarterback there. And once he got there, uh, grew his hair long and got caught partying and kind of went he a little a, bit he off. pulled a Sumter. Yeah, exactly. Put, went off the rails a little bit. Played for the Raiders. Played in the oh. NFL. Um, Talented as fuck. Oh, fucking great guy too. Great. We used to body surf with him. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was the classic kind of like he said, like yeah. grow up in a military type yeah. structured environment and Not just for everybody. Like, F it, dude. I even fucking <laughs> yeah. He I'm was going my own way. Yep. And he went to. I mean, he, but he was at the time, dude. He was the fucking like the best quarterback in the nation he at was. In high school. Jeez. You know, and then just was like, ah, dude, it's just too much. Not my jam. So you're 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 in San Luis Obispo. You're surfing. You're partying. You're drinking. Smoking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't a crazy partier. I did getting good, great. Getting you're getting by. Well, I, it took me till I was when I came back to school. I I was a philosophy major. And at that time, everything I had gotten mature enough to was, handle. Yeah, I was going to say, was there a? I had a in college. I had a, a a moment of clarity, where I one day I realized, oh shit, this is what this is for. This is for my future. This is for me to, you know, do something. Yeah. Where no. in in high school you just okay, I got to pass a test. I'll pass a test, but you're not thinking of the big picture. Yeah. Exactly. Of what you're doing and what the goal is, if there is a goal. And there was one day in college. Probably, I don't know, sophomore year, junior year, or something where I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is for me. Like, you know, I don't have to do this because the state of Pennsylvania says I have to do this. I'm doing this for me, and my parents are paying for oh, this yeah. for me. Yeah. And, and and a switch went off, and then I, I, I started giving a shit. Exactly. Yeah, no, I was the same way. I think maturity set in and realized. Uh, plus, it's finding something that you enjoy. Were you thinking you know, about what you're going to do? The time I actually, funny enough, I wanted to be a pastor. Think of that. <laughs> oh, cool. But you know that got me. I like philosophy. I, you know, I, it was just you know, obviously it's discussion you start of some ideas, deep thinking. right? And it's it's uh, and that 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 kind of goals set you know gave me the motivation and the will to kind of want to do it and do it well. So that got me through, and I actually made good grades when I cared. I just found something I wanted. Isn't, isn't to Isn't that do. funny how that happens? Yeah. Yeah, you have a, a good a good uh, teacher, professor, all that stuff. I had great professors, you know, that were for a school that's not, you know, it's an ag school really, and architecture, engineering. It's a polytechnic university, so the liberal arts is 
not their Frowned strong upon. suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. And uh, and I had spectacular, great teachers who were super, and um, so I loved it. And, and so when you graduate, what what did you decide to do? So I, in my last few quarters at school, I bought a screen print machine. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I started designing T-shirts, and. I brought the screen printer scene in, and then I was kind of an artist, and so I would draw things and make designs, and I started putting them on T-shirts and selling them. Okay. And Is this your first entrepreneurial yes. jump? Oh, cool. So I worked, actually, while I was in school in those two years, I kind of took a break, and also when I was finishing, I worked at a, a vintage clothing store called Decades. I don't know if you remember. Mm-mm. It was on I, uh, I was out of, I was out of there in... Oh shit! You were a kid. Yeah, I was there just for a, a, you know, my parents got a divorce. I moved with my mom, and we lived there for I was there for five years. So yeah, junior high, I was down here. So it was on Hygera, which is the main drag. It was yep. just a little. This was when like Levi's, everybody was collecting Levi's and Redline Levi's, and you'd come down to the Pasadena swap meet, and I mean, it was just like a crazy time in that, like kind of vintage selling on eBay had just started. Oh wow! People were getting like Hawaiian shirts and. Red line jeans and all these vintage, big in Japan. I mean, Japan was coming over and buying, I mean, 10,000 jeans and taking wow. them back. And uh, so it was cool to watch it, just buying these vintage clothes, uh, being a part of that. And then, so that kind of got me into thinking about clothing. And then I bought a screen print machine. How much is a screen print machine? I basically bought one that was made by like some carpenter for <laughs> a thousand bucks or something. And so, okay, so you start making your own. Yep, Shirts. started doing my own designs. I thought, you know, then I made these boxes, spray painted them, made them all cool, put samples in them, and sent them to everybody. I sent them to Bloomingdale's, uh, Urban Outfitters, you know, everybody I could think of. Okay. And then I got orders. Oh, you did? Really? Yeah, I couldn't what believe was, it. What was that like? It was like, oh, shit, what do I do now? <laughs> what, did, I don't have any you, money. Did wow. you send them? Did you send them to just the... The head buyer? Yeah, I'd find what? the buyer's name yeah. and, and whatever the address was and just, like, <laughs> I made the box very memorable. Yeah. You know, like, they weren't going to forget it. So I was like, did you get, like, a spray-painted box that says X on you know, with a bunch of T's? And like, yeah, I got that, yeah, yeah. And then. And this was this this was just T-shirts? Just T-shirts. With cool logo. Yeah. Something on there. And then. Like wh- Hanes wh- Beefy Tees, or what were they? So, in the beginning, cool? it was. Like, I just. I, Figured out, I just got kind of basic stuff like that. Wow. But I, I ended up having a, through my stepdad and just some, uh, we ran into a guy from Atlanta. His name's Greg Alterman. He's a super nice guy. He lives out here now who started Alternative Apparel, which okay. was the rival to American Apparel. Okay. Which was the big. Yeah, the big you know. word. Did you, what was your first <clears throat> order? You remember that? Yeah, we ordered about, it was like 2,500 shirts, test order, Urban Outfitters. And did you shit yourself? Yeah. No, I did. I did. did and, like, and it, funny enough, so <laughs> I got I got blanks, and I had to go to a dye house and get them dyed the color that you know that I'd sent them because they didn't have the right you know the whole thing. And so we dye them, and they turn out the wrong color. And fuck, I don't know. Like they won't. They probably won't take them because it's not the exact color of green. I showed them. I'm all panicked. Oh, so I had to like eat all of that. When I now I know they would have taken the sure damn send it. But I fucking <laughs> ate. You know, twenty five thousand shirts or whatever it was. Wow! I had to redo it. And made zero fucking money. <laughs> did you did, did you get a phone call or was it a letter or do you remember what that was? Well, I, when they gave me the order, yeah. No, I called them and then they sent a they sent a PO via. And they said know. we're going to send you a PO. We, yeah. We're interested. 
Yeah. And what was I mean, before 2008, literally people bought, they just bought shit. They bought everything. Just looking for the next. Remember Urban Outfitters? It was just like they had the t-shirt section and you could, I mean, I swear if you could get in touch with the person, you could get an order. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it had to be somewhat, you know, it couldn't be anybody, but you know, it had to be different. It had to be different and somewhat cool, but it, it wasn't, you know, after 2008, the whole thing changed. What was, what yeah. was your, on that initial order, what was your different? Like, what what do you think got the order? We had this Lion logo that, um, that became kind of the staple of what we did, and that's what their first order was. It's kind of like a tribal lion, and uh, it was a cool it was a cool image. I mean, it was a striking image. I remember when I saw it, I was I was struck by it. Oh, cool. It had a, an yeah. essence about it that I guess they saw, too. But well, we had, but what I was going to say is Greg had alternative apparel. He's kind of getting up and he's, he's, um, creating a lot of new technology in t-shirts there. You know, we went to 40 singles, which are these light, there was burnout. There was all these things happening within just t-shirts, just mm. t-shirts, crazy. Yeah, right? They're making them softer. Yep. They're going to Peru and they're getting Pima cotton and, you know, all the different stuff. And, um, so I was getting like the first look at a lot of that stuff oh bitchin'. so that was helpful right i was getting really good high quality t-shirts so they were seeing that stuff first from you so they're placing orders yes. because it they was, saw the it quality of the t-shirt yeah which was super helpful it wasn't like a hanes beefy tea are, are you still in college yes at this time and you're making money yeah i mean although we had to eat that after <laughs> the first order but like all of a sudden you're starting to get some orders yeah. and you're like oh, yeah but shit. you know the thing about the clothing business it's a sucks i mean one way because all right you know what you had to do is you had to make samples right you got to go out and invest you got to make samples which are super expensive because you're dying let's say 10 shirts well let's say 100 so the smaller you do the more expensive it is because they're going to run a whole machine for your 10 little shirts and then the screen printing cost for making the screen putting it up doing 10 shirts is 10 times you know three times is what it would be if you did 500 right right so everything's more expensive. So you're out all of that. Then you go on a little dog and pony show and you show everybody. That takes however long. You get the orders. They want the order in another three months, right? You got to have time for production. So you're, you're out all that time plus the production. You send it to them. Then they're like, I want 90-day terms. And I want to pay you in 90 days. You're like, holy fuck. I mean, the, yeah, we're yeah. talking nine months later. And is it, is, <laughs> get my cash. Isn't there a thing, too, where you have to buy back inventory? I didn't. Luckily... For sure, that's part of the game. Yeah. I wasn't quite, you know, when you're kind of a little mom and pop t-shirt, Mr. Miyagi guy, oh, man. they don't charge you back, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because some of them, As some I of got them are like, bigger if these don't the, sell by this date, totally, you buy them back or whatever. Totally, and, and that happened more to another pre-2008. They were just weren't as bad at that because they were making so much money. Yeah. How, how, how long did that business, how long did you run that business? About 10 years. Too. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and so this you graduated college and this is your business. Yeah, I just went in. Yep. I moved, to, I moved down to Southern California. Where, where were you living in? In Were you living in Slow proper? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we bought a house. Actually, my friend and I have fixed up in, in uh, Royal Grande. Oh, cool. So you live in Arroyo. And then and then your business is starting to take off? Yeah, enough. You know, we took a we took up some equity out of the house. We had like 40 grand. So this is you, you and your, you and your, am I like my best friend at the time? Okay. Business partner. Yep. Oh, cool. So what was the name of the company? It's called EFCI. EFCI, I which mean, is? It was Elastic Fantastic Chronosynclastic <laughs> <laughs> Infundibulum. It was from a Kurt Vonnegut novel. 
EFCI. And then we were like, what the fuck is that? That's awesome. It's probably the worst name ever. There's probably some vintage EFCI stuff there out is, there. There is some. Yeah, it's really? probably embarrassing. But it's, you, you have any You ever go by the like the the vintage shop on Balboa and see something in the window? I, I the other you know not too long ago I saw somebody with a lion shirt. Funny no way. Enough, yeah. Wow, I've oh, cool. seen it. Oh, cool. And then how, so that business, how big did it get? Oh, that's a good question. How I don't even remember how much. And it, it wasn't crazy big, you know. But we did. Did it, did it uh, get big enough where you're like, shit? I'm I'm. This is what I'm, I'm buying doing? a Porsche, or I'm gonna not go, that big. I'm gonna go not buy a watch or something. You, the, the the question, what I did, what the problem was, I didn't stay focused enough. You get the kind of like, oh, I want to. Once you make T-shirts and people want those, and it's like, all right, how do I add to my? You think you're Ralph Lauren? Yeah, and you, you get too distracted doing. I was doing like suits. Yeah. And I was making dress shirts because that's, that's what I loved. Right. And I got away from the core of the business, which killed me because I ate up all the profit to go scramble around doing bullshit that never sells because you're trying to compete against fucking Ralph Lauren and I'm some little one-off. Right. Nobody's gonna order my suit. Yeah, <laughs> suit singular. First of all, I couldn't get it manufactured, probably, and they're Wait, like, the "Why would I thousand dollar suit? Why would I buy your suit? Did you, you did, need... your, did your partner share this vision, or somehow I probably convinced him of the bad? But we had a showroom, and we kind of like you know where on Melrose New York, or something. We had one in New York. No and, way. Yeah. Oh wow. Where? Where what? It was, it was down in Soho. I forget the exact building, but really, yeah. I mean. <laughs> There's a bunch of clothing kind of showrooms and yeah, you go and buyers go right. Buyers look go. at it and yeah, exactly. Uh, go buy and see a suit. Well, yeah, you're, you, it, it's like a co-op showroom, right? With like yes, multiple you, brands, multiple brands in there. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, I'd sourced a bunch of Italian fabric. You know, I was just like, oh, I would have wasted money basically uh, if I would have stuck to t-shirts and maybe expanded to some sweatshirts. Do you remember Ever? They were out of you know, Ever a, a brand called Ever. They, the guy worked at Quicksilver. He had a great brand. It was just kind of just sweatshirts, T-shirts. And that's it. And he Stuck to the – he had a lot more backing than I did. Got it. There are a lot of guys I'd look up to and, like, who Who, were you, who were you looking up to in that in that space? At that that was one of them. You know, who was, Travada it, was big at that time. This is what, two, 2000? This is, like, early aughts, like this, okay. 2004, 5, 6, 7 – Okay. So, um, there's like Travada, which is down by Alta. Oh, the yeah. The guy down there. They won like the award for a design award and they were big. I thought uh, that was just interior decorating. Sort no, of. he has a brand called Travada. Oh. It was, it was really, it was big oh, wow. at the time. And, and at this time you're living in LA? Yeah, I lived in Brentwood and then I moved down here. Got it. When, yeah. when, when did the business shit the bed? At post 2008, it kept going like it. Everything changed. Yep. Did you know? The GFC put it down. Yeah, because what ended up happening was places like um, would start, because they were doing so poorly, they started renting space to the highest bidder. Mm. So a guy like me, I was in the fucking rounder in the back. Yes. (laughs) All the, (laughs) you know, shitty brand. You know, Polo bought the whole section of the store because they they couldn't afford rent, so they would rent it to Polo, who would pay rent. Yeah. To have... Right, it's all Polo, and nobody's nobody's. Yeah, buying. and they're like, "Oh, you're back. Uh, you can find them." <laughs> the buyers never got back there. No, yeah, they're like, and they didn't. Then they didn't. They didn't have the same amount of purchasing power. Yeah, so they all they, they all pulled back. So they all pulled did you back. just did you get cancellations and order 
We just got less orders, right? Just got less orders, less less willingness to look at new stuff. They got tighter with their buying, right there. So, were you thinking we're done? Yeah. Well, then I pivoted and I found a guy that was building, was doing uh, stuff out of Peru, and hooked up with another friend to do another more girls oriented because mine was mostly men's. Okay. Which is another bad. Poor move. <laughs> right. I mean, right. men don't buy shit. Well, what's funny is, do, right. okay, I, I'm hearing this. You're right, because I'm hearing this, and I'm like, I don't know whatever is. Right. I don't right. know guys, what you're, guys, you know. Guys only I'm not interested. If they care, right. Yeah, in, in fashion. But at this, at this point, 2006, 7, 8, you're, you're, a, you're a garment guy. Yeah. You're you're making a living. Schlopping in the garment yeah, business. You're yeah, you're a schmata. You're in schmata. the schmata business. Yeah. You're making a living doing this. Wow. Yes. And in you, dye houses in the middle of fucking Compton. Right. Die, you know, do in jean doing jeans and dyeing jeans and Are they sewing they're things? They're sewing and, stuff up and there? cutting. Oh my God. What is ne- what used now at the Ace Hotel downtown? Yeah. Was ten floors of sewing. Of, I used to go up to the ninth floor. These two lovely ladies from like Mexico were sewing all my stuff. Wow. It was just full of sew houses. Yeah. Like the garment district in New York. Yes. Back in the 50s and 60s was just Dye houses, everyone. sew houses, cutting houses all over downtown. I mean, I remember going down there, right, in the, the, the poverty problem. You just couldn't believe. It was, like, crazy. You were right in the center of it. Yeah. Like, in Ninth and San Juan. I mean, it was just and a tent city. This, and I remember thinking, wow, I've never seen anything like this. And was this, like, a sweatshop, or was this a... No, it definitely wasn't a sweatshop. I mean... I don't know if... Not, not, not ideal conditions, right? Somebody who has less stomach may be like, "Oh, this is kind of not totally cool." But it, but it's not. It's not. Uh, people are. There, you did not. You did no not, child labor. You did not see not, any chains, right? No, no, but it's it's not Mumbai. It's or, not or, Mumbai. Or, or, yeah. I, I went to China. I went to places and seen that. That and it, even there, I didn't see any real what you would call sweatshops. Where, yeah. Wow. Um, when you when you pivot. What what's the what's that transition like? Um, so so I met my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time. The pivot from clothing to sidecar was um, quite so a p- that's quite a pivot. That's a quite a pivot. So <laughs> well, wait, so you you went f- you you did a pivot from the first clothing company. Oh, to okay. The second so this company. Is, yeah. So the second one was post two thousand eight. Just you know, I need something to do, and okay. this guy had an opportunity. Friend, uh, my friend had worked for Target, J.C. Penney, doing garments overseas for him, basically private label stuff. So, right, I went to Hong Kong with him, and wow. it was crazy. I mean, that was an experience. I mean, we're, I'm, I've only done stuff in the U.S. We're looking at like a kid's. It looks like a Michael Jackson jacket. It's got like fifty pockets, <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff on it. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm dude, in. just sew this thing in L.A. Got it's a thousand bucks. It's thirty bucks a garment. I mean, each one. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need this landed probably for two two dollars." <laughs> I'm thinking that's not possible. How how in the hell are you gonna get that? You know, can you knock it back to fifteen pockets? It's unbelievable <laughs> what they were capable of. Wow. Back, you know, I mean, just this was they, they were doing it in China. I mean, the the, the in the quality is amazing. Wow. They're amazing sewers. It, what they're able to accomplish for cheap, I mean, is incredible. Did did that business do okay? 
it did, you know, it did okay. We got orders, but ultimately, same, you know, the guy who's backing it, um, there's a big commitment, right? If you're going to back a clothing company, it's a lot of mark. You know, you got to commit a big, a it's sizable big, chunk of like money. Like you said, a big upfront money, yes. long time for a payoff. And a lo- you got to have a you got to have a, a big long horizon to see this will pay off in a long time. Yeah, because That's, you got to do the marketing, you got to build the brand, you got to build awareness. There's it's a tough whole to thing. find those guys. Yeah, and he was he was doing stuff for for big companies like Rag and Bone and these bigger companies and it was just easier to make money. Somebody else is doing all that crap. You just tell me I want the, these specs, make me the shirt and I'll sell it to you. And he, he wasn't ready to commit to like doing a brand okay. himself and being the, the money guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. After about two rounds, he's like, okay, where's the, <laughs> right. where's my money? We're not, we're like, not well, getting paid. Uh, well, this, we're not this, really getting paid and it's going to take a little time. And he's like, like this, nah, isn't that, this isn't that fun. Yeah, no, no <laughs> I'm not ready sexy. to, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to just so bankroll was, you two. Was, was there a, was there a point in this where you're ever thought just by yourself, like, Oh shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. Or, oh God. I don't have a plan. So the B, next step was, or, the next step was meeting my wife. I'm I'll go and work for somebody to try and develop a men's line. And it just, he, he quickly found out like men's didn't wear the actions. Uh, you know, huh. <laughs> So we're cutting that off. And then I'm like, I've got a kid on the way. I'm about to get, you know, get married and I'm getting fired. Right. What the fuck are you going to do now? Oh shit. <laughs> what, what were you, what did you do? How was that discussion? We're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> that was, Oh fuck. You know, yeah. that was like, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. Whew. Uh, that makes me stressed out just hearing that, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, but luckily all, my but wife is amazing and she's so optimistic and you know she just she's uh, well you know so then I got really into coffee. This is how it all started. So, so, you're, was, so you're in L.A. No, I'm time. here. Okay, you moved down here. I'm here, and I so I was like, what am I gonna do? I was really into coffee. Third wave coffee was just beginning. This is like the. The stump towns, the blue bottles, the four barrels—all these guys, mostly just, out of San just, Francisco. Just uh, a craft roasters. This is yeah. They call it third wave because it was really going to the farm, finding the the top most you know handcrafted family farm beans and roasting them. You know, if it, it's like Folgers, then you get to Starbucks, Pete's, and then you get to the you next get to Keen. Keen's probably second, even though they're they're great. They started um, at seventy year, or forty yeah. years ago, right? So I was really into that. It's kind of like wine. I mean, it was kind of like this idea of how to make coffee more, um, uh, better. So and, did you have a coffee place? So that was my idea. I was like, all right, all right we want a place we can go that kind of has this vibe. There was nothing in Orange County that had was was doing this, and uh, so I got a roaster. A little yeah. small thing I was roasting in the garage. I love it. <laughs> like love trying it. to figure out how to do it, and I quickly was like, "Fuck, I'm not, there's no way I'm gonna, <laughs> there's no way I'm gonna catch up with these guys. I'm, it's gonna take me ten years before I know what I'm doing." So I was, I, I, I gotta have something to go with donuts. I mean, to go with coffee. And uh, I went to this co- this coffee school. This guy in San Diego, and I met I met with him. He was the one guy I met with at the at the school. We go to lunch, and he bought this little. It was like a Belshaw baby or a little miniature donut machine. Oh, the automated ones? Yes. And oh, it would roll down ass. a little they thing. And, I mean, he took it to a party and he showed me a video. It's like people were going wild on oh, this yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. I've been to those parties. It's awesome. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, that's crazy. 
and he's like, I think I'm going to open a donut place and whatever. I'm like, uh, and I, I don't know, nothing at the time, but after about four days of listening to this guy go on and on about donuts, I'm like, oh, maybe he's got an idea. And, and you two are in class together. Yes. Doing coffee. Right. But, but he's talking about how he's, you know, wants to do like, donuts. He doesn't even, he hates coffee. He's, he's talking, just really he, interested he, in the donut. He's like uh, uh, Bubba Gump. Yeah. He's right. just like, I'm just about this donut machine. I got it. I mean, people love it. <laughs> you know? Fucking awesome. And so after the thing ends, he goes to LA and I'm, and I just start looking at different places that doing donuts. He didn't know anything about donuts other than he had this machine and people loved it. And I thought, well, you know, I think I can make really high quality donuts, like make it upscale. I, you know, every donut shop I'd take my kids to, you know, you go in, the design's terrible. Same. You want to get out as for fast Micah, as you can. For Micah right? everywhere. Yep. Sucks. Dirty. The coffee is terrible. 7-Eleven. Yes. And the service is mom and pop quality. Mm-hmm. You know, if, the, you know, good or bad, hit or miss. Not, they're not taking a lot of, they're not paying attention, trying to make it a great experience. It's just like, it is what it is. Yeah. And the, the product is subpar. Mediocre at best. Yes. Yeah. When they're fresh, any donut when it's hot is good. Right. right. But yeah. most of the time, <laughs> if it's not 6 a.m., they've been sitting on the shelf. And they actually buy mixes that allow them to sit on the shelf and seem fresh. I mean, they put so much crap in it. Oh. Did you ever Did you ever once think when you're starting to think about the donut world, did you ever say, oh, I'm going to call Dunkin' Donuts and see how much a franchise is? No. You 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 weren't even thinking of I didn't th- yeah, I didn't even think of that. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't I didn't have the money, one. Yeah. And I didn't have you know, I probably th- I thought, you know, like I don't have the background, the business acumen that they would probably want. They they're not looking for t shirt guys. They're not looking for a t shirt guy <laughs> who's freaking got no job. Uh, so you don't have a job. No job. And, and <clears throat> what's your wife doing? Does she work? She did. She was a photographer. Okay. Yes. So and so she's, she's supportive. Kind of pulling the she's pulling the weight. Love it. Yeah, and like, uh, it's it's fun to go to bed worrying about the mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you I call fucking, that I call that character building. Yeah, right. Yes. You're stressing out looking at donuts and trying to put the two together with your coffee. Yes. Wow. We, my wife had been working on another concept with a chef, and so I was like, "Look, I think this will work." She didn't, but she did. The convert the best conversation was with her dad. So. Look, we're about to have a kid. We're not married yet, but we are. And he's like, "So, what are you gonna do?" I'm like, "I think I'm gonna open a donut shop." <laughs> Her dad's like, "Man, he's she's like, oh, she's, she's like, gonna marry she's gonna marry a a loser from Atlanta <laughs> with long hair and open a donut." He's shop. thinking like, "Oh, my daughter's gonna be working the front." You know, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. 24 he, hours. He couldn't, he could not see the vision. I was like, no, nah, no, that's not what I'm thinking. But well, dude, it doesn't verbalize real well. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> I mean, oh, I kind, dude, I'm kind of with so him. So great. And he's just like, nah. So were you at that point, was it formulating in your head and were you, were you doing it or are you still piecing it together or what's the mindset? And I, it's funny. Like when you, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I didn't have any doubt Everybody now that I talk to is like, "Fuck, I didn't believe that, that was. A, I thought that was the dumbest I'd ever heard." <laughs> I, they were all encouraging, but I didn't know. Like behind the scenes, they're like, "Dude, that'll never fucking work. Good luck." Wow. Mentally, I was like, "This is no brainer, dude. This is gonna fucking kill it." 
Yep. <laughs> but everybody which, else, I didn't know it because they wouldn't tell it to my face, which is fine. I mean, I didn't expect him to say that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. You're never going to do it. But retrospectively, when you talk to them, they're like, God, oh, dude, that was, I thought that's fun, but that's never going to work. Nobody, you know, we're in Orange County. People care about what they look like. Right. Like nobody's going to be eating donuts, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but there's 40 they, burger places. Yeah, but they but they like $7 donuts. You know, right? <laughs> right? I mean, and I, but I just thought, I knew in my, I, I was totally convinced it would work. Wow. Well, so, I don't so, know how. But so what, what happened? What'd you do? Well, we got the chef. She was, I convinced her. Luckily, she saw kind of what, she wanted to do something. She, uh, she baker? believed, a baker? yes, she believed uh, in using really high quality ingredients, that whole thing. She believed that vision and that we could, create a product that was just different than everybody else. Uh, and it really started with taking the time and energy to use yeah. the best ingredients. Then I thought I knew I could design spaces that people would want to be in, that people would be attracted to. That was what I thought I could did do. Did you do a pilot anywhere or did you yes. just open on 17th? No, I took right across from where we are now. Uh, I, I had an artist studio. I converted into a kitchen and we, my wife, we were, we were, we were learning to scale recipes at the time and trying to figure out what recipes we were going to use. And um, so we started giving them away to the people next door. And then my wife was like, oh, why don't we do just invite some friends? Um, and on Saturdays. And, and no, nobody's got restaurant experience. Nobody. Nobody. I've never done yet. Never really even cooked. Nothing. <laughs> you ba- freaking it's it. you, your wife, and the, and the chef. Yes. And we hired a couple other people. Right dishwasher and like uh, yeah, we're yeah. doing dishes on the fucking floor and, yeah uh, so and i got Stumptown to team up with us somehow and <clears throat> so saturday is like all right we're opening the door anybody who wants to come come it's free donuts free coffee and the first and, time is like i was bummed i was like four or five people right. fucking the next time it was 20 the next time it was 100 the next time it was like a line down i mean it was crazy for four months, every Thursday, every Saturday, we gave and away. What free was it called then? Sidecar. Oh, where I, I kind of I. So we did a tasting with my stepdad, and I put uh, like a don't donut wait, hole. Wait, he was still talking to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put a donut hole inside a donut on top like that. You you can imagine a donut with a donut kind of hole mm-hmm. on top. And he's like, oh, that looks like a sidecar to the donut. Ah, uh, cool. Oh, that's so that name. was going to be the name of that particular offering, but it turned out I liked it. Yeah, did a logo the... and oh man, became the name. And, uh, and so after like four months, you knew it was going to work. Yes, and you haven't made any money. And you already built out the space. No. Okay. No, you're, because you're, your space is crazy. Yeah, I know. Like crazy cool. Yeah, thank you. I no, we were doing that. That was proof of concept. Wow, that, dude. That was proof of concept. I mean, that was, look, if I was handing out, I was thinking, if I was handing out sandwiches, I don't know. I mean, nobody's going to show something about donuts. Dude, people well, love I fucking mean, donuts. Do you remember when, what's that place 20 years ago that opened all over? Yeah. The hot ones? Oh, Is yeah, it's Krispy Kreme. Yeah. I remember we drove from Beverly Hills to, like, Corona or something for the first one in 2000 or 1999 that opened. Everybody cared. You know, they're hot. They had a neon sign yes. hot. We waited in line. It was like the thing to do. When they're hot, they're excellent, right? I mean, that's, yeah, the, I thought that's, that's the key. They're disgusting. but They kind of melt in your mouth. Yeah. But so when you're, when you're formulating this, and this is a luxurious donut experience, did you ever do like 
market studies on is there any pushback on a four dollar donut, or did you like is there? Yeah, no. Just I mean, to there get is. your head around. I mean, we got wonderful demographics here, so we can kind of push the envelope when yep. when we do stuff. But did you ever? Like how'd you how'd you price the stuff? Yeah, I basically took what it cost and times it by some number. Yeah, yeah, whatever the food cost. The and then you kind of did like, oh, this is kind of what people are charging. You know, the industry standard uh, food cost plus three. You did food cost plus, plus three thousand. It was yeah. ten. <laughs> so, so you're still in the test kitchen. Are you building out the space? Uh, eventually, yeah. About a month or two in, we find a space, start building it out. We and this feel is like- on this is on seventeenth. And what, what's that like? What's that? Doing? I didn't know what I was doing. You know, like yeah. you look at that, it's a piece, it's the word. You, you couldn't probably, if somebody was telling you, you should go in there. You would, that's you, a terrible would, idea. you would never lease that spot now. Never. Knowing what you it's know. It's behind, now. you can't see it There's from the no street. frontage. The parking sucks. Exactly. The, the whole, it's on the a whole corner. thing's a disaster. Right. right. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. That's what it turned out. Dude, if it's, so if it's good. It. So like, I always like to think, what's that like between you and your wife? At nights, going home, right? Just going. Fuck. Well, at the beginning, it was like I don't, I don't see the vision. And then she, it clicked, yep. and then she saw the people. The yep. people were confirmation that we have something. I mean, the amount of people showing up. And I remember and the buzz. How many it. years ago was this? I forget. Ten. Ten. Ten, right? ten years. Two thousand twelve. I I remember when you opened. The buzz was kind of like. If you don't get there soon, you're screwed because they close when they're gone. Yes, that so, was the beginning. Yeah, and it was like if you if you go over there at eleven, you might not you might wait in line and there's going to be no donuts and they're going to close shop. Yes. Like I remember that. Remember where? Wow, yeah, we did yeah. it. We did until we ran out. That's how it started. And then people got so pissed. We're like, yeah, we like, can't do that. Don't run out, baby. Exactly. Don't run out. Right. So get more flour. Were, were the like. I kind of like to know how stressful were those nights before proof of concept, right? Before like you're building free fucking donuts, building out of space. Do, New, I mean, how old's the baby? Oh, the baby was born uh, April 2012. So yeah, like months old. <laughs> <laughs> can't, be, can't, like, be, can't believe your father-in-law talks to you. Like yeah. the like the fucking stress level must have been at a fourteen. It was yeah. I mean, it, when you don't know where you're next and where yeah, money's you're, coming, you're, you're like shitting yourself every night cutting corners, right? <laughs> oh my god! But when, but when you opened, you opened. You didn't. You opened big. We did. You opened. You opened. We primed the pump. Pretty no, well. you yeah. you didn't open on a shoestring. You opened big. You had the cool truck in the front. There was a line. There was buzz. Like you opened. And I remember saying, because I'm a, a restaurant yeah. guy in town, and, and I follow all the shit. I was like, who are these people? Like, where'd they come from? Like, <laughs> yes. are, is it, are they people from L.A. that opened? Because the design, and I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like a person that never was in the business. Yeah. That was making T-shirts five years ago. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay. I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what, it, it just... We got, I found, and I worked at Hillstone. I found an architect that did Hillstone work because okay. they're family friends and I've always respected. Oh, they're the what best. They they do. Yes, they're the yeah. best in the business. Did did you, how quick? You know, you know Vic? No. At Hill, Hillstone? Houston's. I know, um, uh, no, I forget. The, the, the name, founder? Yes. Who was? Brandstetter. Yeah, Vic Brandstetter. 
Um, so how deep into it or how soon into it did you have sort of that <sighs> exhale? I think moment. the moment we opened. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah, because there was a line and, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing, but we knew. Okay. We, and you're we selling, didn't you're fuck selling, it up, we'd yeah, be you're all selling, right. you're selling legal heroin. Yes. Right? I mean, sugar and caffeine are the two fuck. originals. And and at, at the, like, close close of the first day, you remember that? Oh, I remember for sure. What was that like? And just opening and just being ecstatic that people showed up. Ah, <laughs> right? And great. there's a line and. I mean, when you... You're like, we're going to make it. I think we can make it. Dude, that's so fucking we just, great. I mean, we just invested some shit ton of money. And Did you did you think uh, we're just going to have this store and sell a lot of donuts, or were you thinking big? I always... Yeah, no, I plan... I, uh, I, I didn't... I planned on growing. Yeah. I think from the beginning, I, I, did, I did my best not to... It's replicatable. Yes. And, and how quick did you know you were going to open a second? I mean, like, it took some time. That's I think that might be the hardest jump, one to two. Yeah, especially if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Well, because now you're not. Now you're between two spots. It happens yeah. with how long with, were you open? Ex- executive three chefs years, all the time. maybe before you did two. Yeah, and then it took another quite a while to go to the next one. How many do you have? Seven now. And and is there plans for yep. X or just keep just keep going? Keep going. Sell it. I think eventually. Um, We'll bring on partners and uh, see where it goes. You know, I, I I'm not a I, I'm not opposed to selling it, but I'd like to keep it too. You know, but just grow. I mean, bring fran- on people. Would you do franchises? Some, probably not. You know, franchise is tough because you lose so much control. It becomes yeah. like a babysitting thing because yeah. you just ba- seems to work. Seem uh, fran- not franchising seems to work well for in the and best- out. In and out, yeah. Chick Fil A. Neither of them franchise. They're the best in the business. Yep. Yeah. They control everything. You've yep. got to control everything. Uh, inevitably, you get some guy whose wife needs a job or his daughters of reject, and they're like, "I get it for her," and well, they and buy see, it. When you're doing when you're doing premium ingredients, when you put that in the hands of somebody that wants to cut costs to help themselves, they can buy a bunch of shit ingredients and right. still do your recipes and mess them up. And it's yes. your name and it's you. Right. And, right. They, yeah. and, exactly. they, and they mess it up. So yeah, it's nice to keep in control. People don't care. Yeah. They just don't care as much as you do. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. What, what's the, what's the best selling donut? Huckleberry. Huckleberry. Which is what? By far? Pretty. Yeah. It's hands down. Probably the, the, the best seller. Wow. Uh, butter and salt's next. What, um, which, which one did, was Ryan mad at? Um, <laughs> or the, that that took, quick, you took away? The oh, mi- yeah, the, the McRib? The McRib? <laughs> McRib, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old McRib. We got the twist coming back, Twist Tuesdays. We used to do a, a vanilla bean, and it, we twisted it like an old, kind of like, like a maple bar, but it's twisted. Yeah, like a cruller. Yeah. Wow. And uh, is it only uh, is it only donuts? Only donuts, yes. Only donuts. And coffee. No, yeah, exactly. Donuts and coffee. No kind of croissants or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. no. Genius, right? No egg McMuffins. No, just Nothing. don't. There is yeah, that little mindset you're where you're not building suits. People, people <laughs> really feel like people can only do one thing. Hey, well. stick with t-shirts. No suits. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do try and do multiple things, they're like, oh, you can't really be a jack of all trades. You got to concentrate on one thing. It's working, so, right? Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be working. Wow. Now dude. it's how do you create lunch? You know, how do you make donut a donut lunch? 
So well, like sandwiches. You, well, go to the fair. They'll show you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. So are you, uh, besides growing sidecar, do uh, you think of other things? you have other ideas to do total different businesses, or are you just going to? I think, yeah, I, I've thought of all I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur or have that creative spirit. I've thought of a lot of things, but I do think uh, I want to do some more restaurants. I think I've er- learned that's where the expertise is. Mm. And it's doing by doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just understand the business. I know. I mean, biz, all businesses are somewhat alike, but being able to do another restaurant would be, you think great. any, any of the kids will be in the business? That's a good question. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they, besides a summer job working or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, there could they could be. I, I actually, yeah, I think they could. I, I think they would enjoy the running and management, and the creativity side of it. And you, you, and it sounds like you're having fun. It, you know, the bit. Yeah, I, I love it. You know, I, you learn. I have a great partner who has tons of experience in the space. Who uh, his name is Bob Nielsen, and he he was at uh, Taco Bell, and he, you know, ran all of. Asia and then came back and was this, you know, CEO of Burger Kings. He's got tons of experience. In oh, geez. So to be able to learn from somebody who's kind of led at that level. Yeah. And um, understands the ins and outs of the, of the business has been great. And I want to take that. And well, I, th- I, I think skills. probably for him too, he's been at the super, super corporate level and now he's back on the mom and pop stage it's got to be the way fun yeah because shit can he can get things done yes you don't have to have a board meeting and 20 meetings to you know do one thing you guys can just say something and have it done yeah he did cafe rio which is out of utah and they did that he bought that at six and they sold it you know after 100 and something wow so do it again yeah love it so what we i know you got to jump we we wrap up with Kind of the one of the spirit behind this podcast is I want my kids, your kids, everybody's kids to hear how how not easy it is to get where you get right and and so if you have a you know a elevator pitch on telling kids you know how how it takes to get here, you know what it takes, and then um, you know walk us how we That's walk good- us through how we can contact you. Yeah, no, I think, at least for me, I think it's usually you have a talent Mm -hmm. and uh, it's believing in that talent and uh, trusting kind of that that you have the capability and that talent needs to be expressed and then then going for it with despite all of the (laughs) critics, right? It's, it's, uh, it's the self-belief and willingness to just keep moving forward despite all the obstacles because usually you have an instinct that like this is where I need to be and this is what I need to do and oftentimes you get thrown off the path because you hear somebody kind of give you a bunch of well and and it's it's risky to stick with that so sometimes you just tow the corporate line and get a job and live in boredom another thing is the risk right I mean you're deterred by the the being scared Failing. Failing. Yeah. And I'd say all of that ultimately um, works itself out and have the courage to go out and do it despite the fear, despite the risk, because that's where life is. 
I think, you know, like life is found in that and going and doing it. Right. Uh, you know, the you know the about, other part is death because you're just doing stuff you don't want to do. Right. It, it also sounds like having a supportive spouse is uh, real Support, key to I, not shooting yourself in the head. And a great team. Yeah. You've got to build, <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to build a team around you. Obviously you can't be good at everything. You've, right? you've probably become a pro at hiring an HR like, that's a skill in itself, just hiring young kids and hiring uh, people that know what, th- that are going to give a shit, not steal from you and represent your brand. For, we have a little, you know, wheel and it starts with people, right? It goes people, customers, sales, profit. It all starts with people. Yep. I mean, you can't do anything without great people. Great people make happy customers, happy customers make sales and sales make profit. So it all starts with can you take somebody, motivate them, make them see the reason why this job could fit into the larger picture of their life? How working at a donut shop, if they can do that well and take that skill that can make them, if they want to own their own restaurant or they right. want to, whatever they want to do, they can use whatever they're learning here to help them. Is there a limit? They Is there a do. limit? You're only allowed one donut a day or per shift? One. One donut. Because you don't want 500 pound people working for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, they would take more probably. Oh we have to well, you know, creeping up on Fourth of July, uh, nothing's nothing's greater than America, oh, and wonderful. and you don't have to invent Google, you don't have to like build cars. You can make donuts in today's world, and and make a great living, and make people happy, and and create a great business. Amen. Like, is that the coolest thing in the world or where, what? Where are all, how many, you have seven stores now? Seven. Where? So we have uh, the original here in Costa Mesa, Del Mar, Santa Monica, Culver City, Manhattan Beach, Torrance, and then third in Fairfax right by the Grove. Wow. Anything being built, getting ready yeah, to Yeah, we're going to go, I think, Laguna Niguel next, somewhere in Orange County. Wow. Um, yeah, we're trying to do a couple a year. And then, yeah, oh, cool. cool. Uh, so that's where everybody can find you. You're at what? What's site? your website? Sidecardonuts.com. And Instagram? At Sidecardonuts on Instagram. Yeah. Nice. We're loud and loud and proud in those areas. Good. Love it. I love the fucking Costa Mesa entrepreneur, man. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys are awesome. Thank Thanks, you. man. Thanks. Great. Appreciate awesome. It. Dude, that's fucking awesome.